I showed that. Nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening on Oman FM. I'm your host, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali. And with me today is Walid bin Muhammad Al-Ma'wali, who is the CEO of iLab Marine. Welcome to the studio. Thank you, Abdullah, for the invite. I'm really glad to be here. So I want to just jump right into it. The reason why we got curious about what you guys do is because of this article that uh, me and my team came across about red tides. First off, I've seen pictures of the red tides. Um, is that a problem uh, or is that a good thing? Because they look pretty in pictures. What are red tides? Yeah, actually red tides are the, I would say, the sudden growth mm. of algae in the in the ocean. So, and basically it happens due to several conditions and usually they are natural conditions that happen. For mm-hmm. example, when the nutrients in the water become so intense, um, they help algae to grow faster. And with this, this growth, algae can produce chemicals. These chemicals can be harmful to the fish. Uh-huh. So they can kill fish. That's from one side. From the second side, when algae growth in large quantities, um, it basically absorbs a lot of oxygen in the water. And hence also fish will die as a result of that. So, so red tides are bad. So yeah, they are considered as bad. Okay. And, and where are they common in Oman? Um, well, they usually happen on this northern coast of Oman during um, February and March. Mm. They may also occur in the winter at the southern coasts of Oman. Okay. And so how does um, iLab Marine get involved in this? Yeah. So actually, um, iLab Marine is a marine data collection company. So we aid researchers and organizations as well as businesses to um acquire data regarding the marine environment and since red tide is one of the major problems so uh, we decided to help in the research that Sultan Khamis University is is conducting. What are you hoping to find in the research? Actually what we are hoping is to predict Mm. when this phenomena will happen again. Mm -hmm. So we so as a government can react to the events that could happen as well as fishermen they can be aware that Today or tomorrow, we shall not go to the ocean. Also, the red tide phenomena happens in specific times of the year and for short period or for certain periods of time. It's not like it's a permanent thing. Yeah. And how frequently do they happen? Do we know? Um, well, um, that's actually a kind of difficult to predict without actual data. In Oman, we just recently are. We recently just started to acquire data that will help us make these kind of predictions. And we hope with the data that iLab Marine provided to Sultan Khamis University, we'll be able to make such predictions. Okay. So how do you go about gathering this data? I guess <laughs> that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. I heard something about drones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just t- tell you the basic, the basic method of how researchers are collecting data. Okay. So basically, they go in a research vessel to the location. Um, with their instruments and they stay maybe many days there in the ocean collecting samples, collecting measurements, recording data Mm. Um, and then they get back to the port. Um, But the problem with this method is that it is costly. They have to operate a vessel with a crew. Mm. Um, Staying long time in the ocean is dangerous for these researchers. It's also a waste of time mostly. 
because you are there doing nothing. Uh, at iLab Marine, decided to reduce the cost of acquiring data by 60% using marine drones instead. So these are basically vehicles, mm-hmm. um, like um, a boat that's unmanned. There is no person that, that will be on board. We only um, put sensors, measurement um, equipment in, in that boat, and we send it to the location where we want to collect data. So that's basically how we were, we were able to reduce the cost of obtaining data. Could you tell me a little bit more about this drone? What are the sensors that are on it? How exactly does it gather the data? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, our drone, is, our marine drone is actually capable of collecting red tide data, as well as um, detecting oil spills, doing environmental surveys and assessments that are required by uh, most uh, companies that are existing on the near cost. Mm. Um, measurements range from water, temperature, salinity, current speeds, waves, uh, chlorophyll. Wow, this drone can measure all of that? Yeah. I, I would love to see a picture of it. Does it look like a drone that you see on the <laughs> sky? Uh, well, <laughs> it's actually a bit different because when we talk about the ocean environment, um, I mean, the vehicles that can move in the water, they are either submarines or mm. boats and ships. So ours is just like a small boat um, that can navigate in the ocean. So it's, it floats above the water. Yeah. It doesn't dive in. Uh, that's actually a good thing because um, uh, actually our drone has two parts. Uh, I mean, our drone is more sophisticated. It contains a, a, a part that goes underwater as well, mm-hmm. but it's not shown in the pictures that are published. We, used, we use it to collect um, usually water... Um, I mean, bottom depth okay. measurements and to detect fish, um, like fishing spots. Mm. That's the major part. And what other uh, things do you guys do at iLab Marine? W- what other problems are you trying mm. to solve? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, as iLab Marine, our vision is to help in restoring oceans with technology. Mm. So whatever the, whatever problems that we have in the marine sector, we try to find a technology, technological solution to it. And um, one of the major problems that we have, fisheries. Okay. People don't know, but actually we, are, we have lost um, 85% of our fishery stock since 1950s. Oof, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, what's remaining in the ocean is only 15%. This is in the GCC. So at Aleb Marine, we found that uh, this could be unsustainable or being practicing fishing in unsustainable ways mm. could maybe deplete our fishery stock by 2050. So we try to encourage aquaculture in the region mm. by developing technologies that will ease the operations and maintain sustainable practices um, in fish farms. And we have technologies related to automating the feeding process in aquaculture and automating the monitoring process. So um, basically, fish farmers will be able to grow faster as well as to start aquaculture Mm. without having to heavily invest in expensive equipment. So there will be a guy on the coast with a remote control uh, and a drone feeding the fish. Is that the idea? Well, uh, that sounds sounds very fun. (laughs) I mean, it sounds... 
to be in our future plan actually mm. um, mainly in in iLab Marine we are trying to utilize three technologies okay so um, the internet of things I mean being able to connect things or equipments with the internet mm-hmm. and sending data online marine drones and AI as well so um, um, sometimes using marine drones for Um, for certain applications could be complex like aquaculture okay um, so we decided just to use it for environmental surveys and collecting marine data okay so so what do you do then for uh, fish farming mm-hmm. so um, for, for fish farming we have um, a device called I feed I feed yeah okay it will basically feed the fish um, automatically mm. and um, by sensing fish appetite we'll be able to detect how much Feed is needed for the fish. Wait, did you say by sensing fish appetite? Yeah. You can sense fish's appetite? Well, yeah. How? <laughs> How do you set, sense if they're hungry? <laughs> well, basically... Um, do you ask them? <laughs> well, if we are able to ask them, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will be uh, that will be mo- much more accurate, of course. <laughs> uh-huh, if they can uh, answer, yeah. Yeah, um, but basically we rely on water measurements. Um, like measuring the temperature oxygen in the water to decide the optimal time to feed the fish mm. as well as the response to feeding so mm. um, or, I mean when the fish is hungry basically it will respond virally to the to the feed we will feed it moving just around and being uh, very active yeah very, very, very active as well yeah um, and that's how we sense fish appetite <laughs> so you put a little bit of food and see how they react um, yeah basically Interesting. Tell me more about fish farming, because I had an interview uh, with uh, Romaitha Al-Busaidi, and uh, she's from the fisheries, and I I understand from her that this is the future here. You know, a big Mm -hmm. part of Oman 2040 vision and diversification is in um, fish farming or aquaculture. Actually, yeah, Oman has very ambitious plans Mm -hmm. towards aquaculture. Basically, um, currently Oman is, uh, yeah, the aquaculture market in Oman is valued at about $170 million, which is expect- expected to grow by 2040 to $900 million. Wow. Very huge growth. Mm-hmm. Um, as Alab Marine, we believe we can be the technological partner to these aqua farms. Provide them with data, provide them with equipment and technologies that will help them maintain healthy stock and as well as increase the quality of the of the final outcome. Aside from aquaculture, what else are you guys into? So research um, for on red tides, aquaculture and auto feeding, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. What else does your technology do? Yeah, um, we have also... Um, that's quite interesting. Mm. We have also actually underwater marine drones as well. Now that <laughs> sounds like something I want to play with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, actually, we started using marine drones like since four years ago. Um, and it's almost the standard. I love mine is first to use marine drones mm. to reduce the cost of, of operations. So uh, we do uh, inspection of underwater structures for ports, for example. I see. We inspect as well as coral reefs in the Maniat um, periodically to just to detect if the coral is at a healthy level or are we actually losing our coral reefs. Mm. Um, We also do incident inspection if 
a ship has sunk in the ocean and or maybe some accident has happened so we go there and we also do inspection i see um yeah these are the three types of applications are these plans or are these active right now active right now actually what have you learned in the last four years that you've been operational has your research yielded any results Have you discovered something new? We were able to confirm that um, that the cause of red tide along the northern coasts of Oman it was actually basically due to the changing currents in water currents. Hmm. That was confirmed with the data that, that, that we obtained. Um, so we will be able to even predict at high accuracy like when red tide could happen. Um, this is one f- from from the aspect of the project that we are conducting on marine uh, on red tide. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding aquaculture, we also discovered that about twenty five percent of the feed that uh, we actually feed fish mm-hmm. is wasted. What happens to it? <laughs> Where does it go? Well, in the ocean. It's basically dumped in the ocean. Uh, and and to just give you insights, I mean fish, I mean fish is actually the main ingredient in fish feed, which is basically used to feed fish. That's that's messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we are dump, we have har- harvesting fish, and mm. then we are just dumping it, dumping fish again in the ocean. So do, do you know why? What happened to the twenty five percent? Yeah, actually, um, this is due to, um, I would say. Using manual labor to feed the fish who have no experience in knowing when the fish is hungry or when to stop feeding. Um, there are several actually parameters. It's more feeding fish is more scientific rather than observable. Okay. Um, so I mean they they don't measure these kind of parameters that will help them know when to feed fish and how much to feed fish. Um, and that causes the 25 percent waste what, what are some of the parameters again um, water temperature for example huh. um, the amount of uh, oxygen in the water sometimes turbidity or the clearness of the water could play a role because you won't feed the fish if the fish cannot see the feed mm. <laughs> interesting yeah also water currents I mean if the currents are would say uh, huge mm. so basically when you feed the fish oh it will just go out of the cage yeah um, it won't sink, sink to the bottom where fish could eat so then with your technology um, it's not like you change the conditions but you wait for their opportune time in order to feed them to maximize do you yeah. have data on what uh, on the improvement so from 25% wasted to what now yeah Um, actually we were able to reduce feed waste by about 20% using our technologies mm. and not only that but because um, our technologies are able also to um, feed the fish automatically and um, we were able also to increase the growth of the fish by 18% Wow um, um, of course, If, if, you, if you are able to feed the fish at the proper times mm. then feed I mean fish will eat feed <laughs> right <laughs> and and they will multiply and grow yeah yeah exactly well that's very impressive Walid uh, I'll tell you what we'll take a quick break and when we come back I would love to learn a little bit about you and how you even got into this business we'll be right back you're now tuning in to the nation 
Tuned into your nation station, Oman FM. I'm your host, Abdullah Ma'awali, and with me is Walid. Walid, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Abdullah, so much. It's very impressive what you're doing. This technology with iLab Marines is completely new to me. I've never heard anything like it. So I'm wondering, how did this even come about? Where did it all begin? Actually, we started like five years ago hmm. when we were students at the Sultan Qaboos University. Um, at the time when the final year comes, we need, of course, to uh, to make a graduation project or to build up a graduation project. Mm. And we decided to uh, to solve a problem related to oil spills, basically oh. detecting oil spills. Was it uh, inspired by any uh, recent events at that yeah, time? Yeah, it was actually inspired by the Research Council of Oman, who was at that time working on a strategic project mm. related to environmental monitoring using um, also marine drones as well. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the technology w- was around. Was around, exactly. Okay. And okay. it was, I would say, it was the first spike of the technology. I mean, um, I mean, the Research Council brought these kind of technologies in Oman to do research. Mm. And we decided to then, why we don't build our own drone also to um, solve a big problem in Oman. Um, and we did that. This is while in uni five years ago and exactly. SQU. Exactly. Mm. Um, later, we participated in upgrade competition. Sorry, when you say we, who are you referring to? What's the <laughs> we? Is it like a student group? Was it your classmates? Was there a special club? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, my group actually, mm. um, Ahmed and Ibrahim, who are also my co-founders uh, at Alab Marine as well. How did you guys find each other? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, actually at that time, I just knew Ahmed. I, I mean, I didn't know Ahmed. Mm. Um, he was just a student. I told him, um, you are working on such a project. Why you don't work with me on the graduation project? Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, that's fine. I mean, this was actually the first time we worked together on something. Was he working on something similar? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> but why did you get him? Um, the skills that he had. Okay. Actually. Yeah. And so you were a group now. Yeah. Did you start the company while you were in uni? Um, after graduation, actually. After graduation. Yeah, yeah. so we joined Upgrade Competition, yeah. which is basically turning graduation projects into startups. Nice. Um, and we were lucky enough to also win the competition and be one of the finals. And um, at that time, we started I Love Marine. Right. Take me back a little bit uh, to college. Um, mm-hmm. the, how lo- That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long were you guys a group before you graduated and you started the company? Like a year, two years? Maybe a year, year and a half. A year. Yeah. And while you were in college, I'm guessing you were, or in university, I'm guessing at that point you were just ideating, coming up with ideas, figuring out how, mm-hmm. if this were a real company, how would you go about it? Did you get support from your uh, faculty? Well, um, did I put actually, you in the spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, here I would like to thank um, our supervisor, um, Dr. Ashraf Salim, who really, really support us. Mm. I mean, um, he provided 
financial support, technical support, logistical support. I mean, um, he was very supportive. Uh, we applied for uh, a grant from the Research Council and they refused to fund our project. Okay. So he actually funded the project from his pocket. Wow. What did he see in the project? Maybe the potential, I would say. He, see, he, sees, he, he saw the potential mm. of this technology in Oman. And uh, actually, indeed, after graduation, mm. the Research Council has contacted me uh, to join their project. <laughs> hey, nice, full circle. <laughs> wow. So you graduated then, and now you want to start your company. <laughs> you know, I, I want to spend some time here because whenever I see entrepreneurial stories like this, it's inspiring. And I think our country is in a stage where we need to be hearing stories like mm-hmm. these so that people see it's possible to build your own path. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure, like every other business or venture, particularly in an area that is not very common, you face challenges. What was one of the key challenges that you faced when you first graduated? Mm-hmm. Um, when we first graduated, the first one actually was the business knowledge and skills. Mm-hmm. So we were engineers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very different. Yeah, yeah um, all of you. There was no someone who studied business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how do you gather that uh, information or that? Uh, uh, um, we decided to onboard an investor. <laughs> smart, smart. Yeah, um, we approached Oman Technology Fund. Okay. For uh, for an investment, mm. and uh, luckily we were also able to uh, to get an investment from them. Nice. Um, they provided us with uh, mentors, advisors, uh, as well as uh, accelerating program that helped us to gain this these skills. How was that process like with OTF? It is kind of I would say intense process yeah. <laughs> because as, um, it, as it should be. Yeah. 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 So basically, it starts with a very long form that you have to fill, mm-hmm. which also which uh, uh, filters actually many people who don't want to fill the form. Mm. Um, and then later, um, if if you are accept- accepted, you will be invited to pitch to OTF. And um, strangely, at that time, um, we actually pitched to OTF, and um, after like they didn't were they weren't happy with our pitch. Okay. They said, okay, go Wait, back. How did, how did you mess up? <laughs> you have to be honest. It's, it's actually, it wasn't actually a pitch. They oh. said, this is uh, like a graduation project presentation. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. Uh, okay, no worries. Um, so uh, we pitched then again to them. And um, at that time, they accepted us. What did you change? Uh, well, we shifted actually the mindset from focusing on the product or the solution mm. to focusing on the business side, uh, mainly the market. I mean, um, just to tell everyone, mm-hmm. um, uh, some secrets about <laughs> OTF. No one's listening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> um, Well, OTF actually cares about um, like mainly two things. Okay. The team and the market. That's it. So uh, if they're happy with the team, they are happy with the market, there's potential, okay, you get it on. But of course, like some of, some of our team at that time, they had um, skills related to 
maybe they, they, they started their own online store, for example. I would say they have already <laughs> started a start. <laughs> Side hustles. I mean, it depends how you market your team. I mean, I mean you, do, you don't have to mention where what they have studied, but mm. what they have done mm. through their lives. Yeah. Um, which adds value to, to this startup, to, to the company, to, to iLab Marine at that time. So by focusing on the market and team, um, we were able to highlight and to raise funds for iLab Marine. Do you remember when they accepted your pitch? Mm, yeah. Was it an email or a phone call? Um, I remember it was a phone call, uh-huh. actually. And um, I mean, at that time, it was actually a difficult decision. Why? Because not all the team, our team members were happy with with OTF investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some preconditions that we have to satisfy. I see. Um, and um, one of them is, for example, to be dedicated full time to the startup I for see. a certain period of time. Yeah. Uh, well, being like recent graduates um, and job seekers, um, some I would say we lost two members actually. We lost two members. Hmm. Um, who I mean, they preferred to seek for a job instead of being in the journey of a startup. It is yeah, it's actually very challenging, very intense, very hard to start a company by yourself. So. Two left, how many people were left in then? It was just you now? Uh, it was Ibrahim, Ahmed, mm. and me as well. Still? Yeah. Well, honestly, like, if you're going to be putting a, your your investment in a company, I feel like you want to know that the people there are putting all of their time and energy and effort mm. into it, mm. right? That sounds fair to me. Yeah, um, but, well, you know, actually the journey is a kind of up and downs. Mm. It's, it's never smooth. And not everyone is comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are looking for luxury, for financial stability. Stability. Stability, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which, of course, you don't get when being a startup. Yeah. And uh, it's up to them, right? It's it's fair. But mm-hmm. uh, high risk, high reward. Yeah. But also us as a culture in Oman, and I honestly have noticed that this has been changing in the last five to ten years. Um we're still in in the phase where we're trying to we're adopting the idea of entrepreneurship the idea of risk mm-hmm. the idea of there isn't necessarily your salary is not necessarily secure and steady however you're living for the promise of possibly getting so much more that idea perhaps is prevalent in you know the US and the west mm-hmm. and to us being a relatively young country in a country that has been historically dependent on oil, uh, and now we're snapping into reality like the rest of the world, it's it's a phase, we're transitioning. For I want to connect this back to you, because this is very real for you. You're, start, you're the CEO of this company. You're not dependent on a fixed salary. It's on you. How do you navigate that? We try to get as much as support from our partners as well as different partners. Hmm. Um, for example, currently, um, we are relying on the support of the Ministry of Labor. We are able actually to expand our team with, um, with the uh, on-job training program that can support SMEs by hiring job seekers. Basically, the Ministry of Labor will undertake paying 
these job seekers, these salaries. Really? It actually it helped us grow even faster. Mm. Like um, recently, three months ago, um, our team has reached about we are now nine. You're nine people. Nine people. That's impressive. We believe within the next few months we will grow. I mean, by about fifty percent, more than I mean more than what's 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 currently happening. Mm. Um, this is from one aspect. From the second aspect, uh, we see that sometimes hiring trainees could help. Mm-hmm. Because trainees are passionate, they want to work, they have the skills. So um, having trainees with the company actually help us even to grow uh, at at some certain levels. Oh, where do you see your company in the next five years? What do you think you'll be doing? Do you think about that? Mm-hmm. We believe iLab Marine will be um, a marine technology hub for the MENA region. It's very impressive what you're doing. You're you're a super young guy, and um, I cannot wait to see more of your research and the impact that you have on marine life here in the Sultan. Thank you so much for joining me today, ma'am. Sure. Thank you so much, Abdullah. And I hope that um, I I may provide useful information for all the uh, listeners as well as for you. I feel that nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening.